Here they come, your Camarda wealth leaders, slashing taxes, dominating risks, relentlessly pursuing profits, protecting your assets, and keeping you in stitches while leading to greater riches. Your Camarda wealth leaders with Johnny Hotstocks, Camarda, Rob Bull Moose Shevlin, also known as a financial anesthesiologist, you'll see why, and me, Jeff, I want to be a Dr. Camarda. You're listening to the Camarda Wealth Leaders on WER, Camarda Wealth Education Radio. Let's face it, wealth matters to living a longer, better life for you and your family. Our goal is to painlessly educate you with uncommonly shrewd advice to help grow and protect your wealth. And while we aim to keep you laughing all the way to the bank, never imagine we're not dead serious about money. Jonathan Camarda is a certified private wealth advisor, certified financial planner, chartered market technician, chartered financial consultant, certified fund specialist, chartered life underwriter, and is board certified in mutual funds. Rob Shevlin holds an MBA from the Warrington Business School of the University of Florida, and Jeff Camarda is a certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant, chartered financial analyst, certified fund specialist, chartered life underwriter, and board certified mutual funds. He's also an enrolled agent admitted to represent clients with unlimited IRS practice rights, holds a master's of science in financial services, and is a PhD student in the American College's financial and retirement planning doctoral program. Besides being Camarda's chairman and chief investment officer, Jeff is also a working research academic in Wealth Matters. The Camarda team is one of the most heavily credentialed financial advisors in the nation, including Dr. Tang Wei, our chief financial analyst, also a university professor and working wealth research academic. Camarda Wealth Advisor Group offers private wealth management, including no commission portfolio management through Camarda Financial Advisors and other financial services as described in our boring end of show disclosure. Folks, welcome to yet another exciting edition of Camarda's Wealth Education Radio. You're here with Jeff. I want to be a Dr. Camarda, Sonia, Embraceable You, Elia, and the venerable Rob Bullmoo Shevlin, also known as our resident financial anesthesiologist. We have an action-packed show for you yet again, uh, beaming from Jacksonville on WBLB, soon to be on WOKV, folks. We'll be shifting May 17th of this year from BOB to WOKV, Sundays at 5 in Jacksonville. And uh, from Tampa across most of the Floridian, uh, Floridian Peninsula on W uh, W B A A M eight twenty on that Saturday's one to do to from Tampa. So uh, let's begin. We, we're going to be talking about mutual funds today, folks, and uh, how to smoke out some of the unseen higher costs and commissions that can erode your return. We'll be talking about similar issues uh, for annuities. Uh, this is National uh, is it Disability Week, Rob? Coming up on you got to uh, come close to the moose okay. muzzle. We got some new equipment. Hopefully, the audio audio quality yeah, has improved. Coming up in May will be uh, Disability and Insurance Awareness Month. Okay, so we'll be talking. We'll give you some uh, some uh, real good information on disability insurance and how to uh, improve that in your overall financial planning. But let's begin as we're kind of uh, cycling through the end of tax season here as April 15th starts to fade a bit in the rear view mirror. And it's interesting, this is a piece uh, from the Wall Street Journal uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, but uh, t- the, the tax load across the population, and I was kind of surprised 
uh, to see. I guess not really that surprised. Uh, but for folks uh, that earn more than $134,000 in the bands of, uh, um, uh, of, of what they pay in taxes, so folks earning between one hundred thirty-four dollars and $180,000 a year, and uh, these are uh, returns, not individuals, so that could be a couple, which is really not all that much money for two working professionals or business owners, uh, but they, uh, they earn 13.1% of the U.S. income, and they pay about 11% of a total U.S. tax. There are $33 million of folks in that tranche. Uh, for folks uh, um, that are making between 180 and 261, uh, they, uh, they earn 9% of the income and they pay 9.1% of the tax. So there's relative parity there, about 16 million people. Folks make between 261 and 615, and we're starting to get into some fairly rarefied ter- territory. But they uh, um, uh, they earn twelve percent of the income, pay eighteen percent of the total income tax, and there are thirteen million of those folks. And finally, folks making over six hundred thousand dollars, and and there are a good number of those in Jacksonville and Tampa. Obviously, you know, a small percentage of the population, only three million people. They earn seventeen percent of U.S. income, and they pay forty five percent of tax in this country. So if we add all this up, we have of the, uh, the, of the share of income, 17 and 12 is uh, 29, uh, 38, 48, um, about 51% of the income pays 45, 55, 65, 70, about 85% of the U.S. income tax, which is kind of astonishing when you bunch all that together. Rob, I'm sure you have a few comments on the uh, well, on a progressive taxes. It's just uh, similar to what, uh, you know, you, if, you're, if you're very politically oriented, you hear these arguments all the time about the disproportionate share of income taxes paid by a much smaller segment of society. On the other hand, the graduated tax rate is designed to have the people who can afford to pay it pay more because uh, they've had the, the, the benefit of success in this society, but they also don't necessarily always take advantage of all the, the benefits that our taxes go towards. But uh, also, a lot of times, because of their situation, they're able to access certain investments that people with less income can be eligible for or try to take advantage of other strategies that may have more sophisticated tax approaches. Yeah, so the tipping point really is right about 134. You know, and again, when you have a working couple, that's really not getting to be all that, that so much money anymore. You know, retired folks are a little bit different and have a completely different tax situation anyway. Uh, but I thought that was uh, interesting. So let's uh, move into uh, disability insurance a little bit, Rob. Depending on the uh, on the type of uh, of consumer or or clients, um, disability can be extremely important or or maybe not important at all. You know, but it's certainly one of those stealth coverages that a lot of folks don't really think very much about. Doctors are you know an exception. I think they tend to be more sensitive. But don't really think very much unless prompted by a planner. So, what uh, what thoughts you have on disability today? Well, first thing I would tell you is if if you work, if you ha- if you work for your earned income, if you are working because you have to work, not because you just voluntarily choose to, then I think uh, you really ought to be a candidate to consider having your own disability income uh, policy, and basically shifting the risk of something happening to you that could be catastrophic to someone else who can afford that, i.e. an insurance company that can pool the risks. And that's typically important where you have where the income, you know, the earned income, professional or occupational income, is one of the major assets. So, you know, a real good example 
would be a young uh, uh, doctor that we had in here a couple of weeks ago that we met. We talk, gave a talk for one of the local medical societies, um, and she really doesn't have many investments at all. She's just starting out, uh, has a very high income, and that's really her only asset is her ability to earn a lot of money for decades. And, uh, you know, if, if she loses that, she's pretty well, you know, her life will change dramatically and not for the better. So in a case like that, it's pretty, you know, stark need. you got to insure that income. But it contrasted with, say, uh, another doctor, you know, if I'm an, a, an actual anesthesiologist, Rob, that, uh, um, that I can think of, one of our <laughs> mutual clients, uh, that uh, um, has several million dollars, he's still practicing, but has several million dollars in investments, and if he lost his income, it wouldn't be nearly, you know, it wouldn't change the wealth trajectory of his family nearly as much. Oh, without a doubt. You know, especially if you have a spouse that's, you know, working at home and not generating significant income. You've got kids, you've got college, you're trying to fund a significant retirement. If all of a sudden that income were to disappear, uh, your lifestyle is going to be changed upside down on top of dealing with the medical issues. Right. So do you have, you know, any uh, um, the, any guidelines or, or, you know, suggestions for our listeners who really, you know, probably span a spectrum from, from, from some that – probably desperately need to review the disability coverage to, to some that really shouldn't care less. Well, the first thing is, you know, does your employer provide any type of disability coverage? You know, in many companies you'll see that uh, they, well, they, some companies will actually pay for coverage for their employees. That's typically a group disability policy. Yeah. It may only be short term, which will cover the first six months of a disability. Some companies are more generous, and they'll have a short-term policy and a long-term policy that could cover you from six months to, to age 65 and periods in between. Uh, but a lot of companies won't offer that. They just make it available on a voluntary basis. And typically, we see a lot of that with short-term disability for six months. And while you know that's good that it's a stopgap, uh, I think far too few people have coverage beyond the six months, and if they have a disability that lasts longer, which I think statistically you can demonstrate there's an argument to be made for that, uh, I think they're making a serious mistake by not uh, considering additional coverage beyond that. Okay. Well, so what, what would you suggest that a person do? Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about disability insurance folks after the break. Uh, but what would you suggest that somebody do who thinks they may um, uh, have a need for this to kind of, you know, review and make sure that their uh, their policies and planning is up to snuff? Well, they should clearly talk to a, either a financial advisor well-versed in disability or if, if, uh, if they don't enjoy that relationship, if they do talk to an insurance-only type advisor, it needs to be someone who is a disability specialist. The most important thing about disability is the terms of the disability contract. And there's a lot of nuances. And I can tell you that there aren't that many agents out there that are that skilled in being experts in this area. It's just not an area that agents focus on. Uh, and it's a shame because I think they're doing a disservice to their clients. And it's not nearly, I mean, the life insurance, you know, can be, uh, at least to the uninitiated, appear to be a very mystifying and complicated, and it's a very complicated product. But it's not that hard to figure out from the agent standpoint if you've been around a little bit. Disability really is kind of a specialty, and it's kind of a quirky, niche product that you really need to, uh, to know where to go and where to look and what companies are good matches for what fact patterns and occupations and so forth. Folks, as we approach the break, I just wanted to uh, let you know, as is our habit, 
Uh, we'd like to offer you a, a free report. This, uh, and, and you know, one of our prime objectives is financial education, helping people have the tools to make better decisions for themselves. So if you call during the next 30 minutes, we will offer you a very timely report of the latest edition, brand new, the nine biggest dangers facing today's investor and how to avoid them. You need to call us, though, at 877-CAMARDA. That's 877-C-A-M-A-R. DA 877 Camarda, or if you prefer numbers, uh, you can call us at 800 262 It's 800 All right, folks, uh, stand by, stay with the Camarda Wealth Leaders. We'll be back right after the break. You're listening to the Camarda Wealth Leaders on WER Wealth Education Radio. The show is previously recorded. For private or on air questions, to request free white papers or other educational materials, or to schedule a complimentary, no obligation consultation about today's or any other wealth matters, call us at 888 Camarda. Write it down now, 888 Camarda. That's C A M A R D A. Charlie Alpha, Mike Alpha, Romeo Delta Alpha. 888 Camarda. Call it now and keep it handy for wealth emergencies. All right, you're back, folks, with the Camarda Wealth Leaders here on Wealth Education Radio. Before the break, we're getting uh, into some tips for how to evaluate uh, if you need to dig deeper into your disability insurance situation. And, uh, Rob, uh, um, why don't we continue with that? What should a typical consumer do? Obviously, unless you have occupational income, uh, unless you're working, getting a paycheck, you know, performing a trade or the profession or or uh, working in an office, unless you have, unless you're working for income, you really don't need and can't get disability insurance. But let's talk about you know some of the differences, and I think one of the big things in terms of cost is the higher the the hazards in the profession or, or the riskier it is, uh, the more expensive the insurance is. And one will you know will kind of contrast like a roofer who's up on the roof and a slippery roof and a hot sun sweating and could fall off and really get hurt, is at much a higher risk of being disabled and will pay a lot more than, say, a librarian that really isn't exposed you know, to much risk at all. Right. And when, when you apply for disability... Closer to the moose muscle, there you go. That's when you apply for disability coverage, uh, you are underwritten uh, based on your occupation. And those... Occupations where you are more at risk for injury or exposure to something that could cause illness, uh, you're going to get a lower occupational class, which means you're going to pay more uh, per hundred dollars a month of coverage as a result. So somebody uh, who's a, like you say, somebody who works out in the field and is exposed to potential accidents is going to get maybe a, a class one or two maybe even a class A or B. They're going to pay a lot more per coverage than somebody like me who sits in an office all the time or a, uh, a psychologist or an engineer or a CPA or a lawyer. For or a doctor. Yeah. As long as they're not a surgeon. Surgeons yeah. tend to be penalized because they... Cut themselves frequently? Uh, so you had, a, you had a question <laughs> earlier, Sonia, about, uh, during the break about disability. So why don't you trot that thing out and see what the moose barks at. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit different than what you've been talking about, but I frequently actually find when um, clients come in to do their annual reviews with me that they have purchased disability insurance after retirement because they get the, the offer letters through their credit unions or their banks. Not a huge amount, not overly expensive, but it just doesn't make sense to me that they would have disability after retirement. 
Well, I think you know, one of the things I definitely would look at if they're getting those type of solicitations, is it a disability that only covers in the event of an accident or is it a disability that covers you for, for all causes? Because typically most disability coverage, you don't, you don't get an offer of coverage after age 63 in the primary market. So, yeah, so you got to make make you got to stay on the microphone there, Moose. But the uh, um, that you got to look at the offer because it could be all fluff. I was watching you know an ad last night on TV for a medical device, and it was kind of interesting. They they artfully tuned the phrase. I promise this could cure your pain. So it, it could. I promise it could. Doesn't mean it will. But the way it comes off, I promise it could cure your pain. You know. So it's, there's the illusion of substance but not the reality. So if you're not working, it's going to be really hard to get um, the, the, uh, an insurance company to insure the income because there is no income from work. Was that really your question? That was it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the other thing is, you know, typically when somebody's underwritten, they look at do you have, what is your level of assets? Do you have a high level of unearned income, i.e. investment income? And if you have both high assets and high investment income, the, the perception is that you may not need the same level of coverage, if at all. And they're, they're, they're desperately afraid of people self-disabling. You know, that, that's one, you know, they're very, very uh, paranoid about this and, and justifiably because you've got a big disability income policy. You know, it's not unknown to see doctors cut off their fingers so they can't practice anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and then they collect the benefits till age 65. So that's, and they, they play golf. Sure. You know, the nine finger golfer is still pretty formidable. I, I, I know, <laughs> I know of a physician who he had a legitimate, uh, issue come up and he was disabled and he's collecting on disability and he's now got a new company. It's very profitable, but the company's not owned in his name. It's owned by his wife. It's making a lot of money. It's going to his wife. He's not taking any income in his name because he wants to preserve that disability benefit. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and, and spend maybe most of the rest of the segment on disability. And I want to get into uh, on mutual funds, you know, how to really uh, um, the, the diagnose um, and look at the anatomy of a mutual fund to see if you're paying excessive costs and fees and how to really, you know, to uh, detect that. A lot of people have very expensive products and uh, um, they have been led to believe or, or, or didn't listen or whatever, but they, they, uh, they, they're shocked when they learn how expensive the fees and sometimes commissions are. Ditto for annuities, and we want to talk about some other real useful topics later on. So let's continue with disability for a little bit. Anything else? You do? Just give us some pointers, Rob, that the average listener can go ahead and look and see if they need to uh, to have a professional evaluation, which I know you'd be very happy to do. You know, we have a uh, you know a primary practice. It's fee only portfolio management. We don't take commissions on investments and, and manage about a quarter billion dollars and, and have been SEC registered as an investment advisor since 1993. And that, that's our primary business. We do have an associated very small insurance practice that, that sells insurance on a commission basis. It's less than 2% of our revenues. Um, and we do that on a fiduciary basis. Um, but we know an awful lot about it. We come from the insurance um, uh, background uh, before, you know, really deeply studying asset protection investments and other stuff, at least uh, from, from, from my history. So we can really help folks to zone in on what they need. Uh, in fact, why don't we tell a story that, about that doctor, it's a life insurance case, what we were discussing earlier on. We'll wrap up the segment with that. Give us a couple more uh, bullet points on uh, disability that Rob. Well, here, let me give you, I had a client, a Camarda client, one of the first ones I met when I was here. The gentleman was a pretty successful sales guy. 
uh, make, let's say, $170,000 a year, and he thought he had great disability coverage. His company offered a group policy. Uh, the company paid the premium. But there was, he, you know, he never read the policy. It was a group policy, and I looked at it, and it had two caps. The first cap was a, a benefit for five years. So if he was catastrophically disabled and couldn't work again, the maximum benefit was five years. But the second thing was the cap was the most he could ever get paid was 5000 a month. So what's, what's for the average listener? They, you really need to read the policy and understand what you got? Well, you should, whether it's individual or particularly group, because group is a different animal than individual. And group, folks, is going to be something that you're, typically your employer provides, and you may view that as an employee benefit. That's group disability insurance. Right. And so let's say you have a policy that covers 60 to 65% of your income, depending on how your income is defined. Mm-hmm. You get disabled. They pay a benefit. If they don't pay to age 65, well, then, you know, you're not going to necessarily get that disability <laughs> income until retirement. Second, since the company paid the premium, when you receive that disability check, it's going to be taxable. So think about it. Can you live on 60 to 65% of your income? And then if you had to pay in taxes, at another 15 to 20%, and you're off earning 40 to 45% after tax of what you did before, What's that going to do to your lifestyle? Thanks for simplifying things for the folks, uh, Rob. But the <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty clear. I know. Well, of course, you always do. The uh, but just you know, obviously, you need to see what the, the net benefit to you will be. Group uh, the employer provided disability insurance is tends to be taxable if you buy it yourself, since you're buying with after tax dollars. The benefit is usually tax free. But I think an important thing to do is take a look at how much money you're making, say $70,000, and look at what do your disability benefits add up to, You know, if you, especially if you have a high risk of being disabled. And if it's only twenty dollars or $30,000, you've got a pretty big gap there. You, know, you may want to look at getting additional coverage on your own. And again, I'm sure that uh, um, the Professor Musalaki here, the National Anesthesiologist, who has again succeeded in putting at least a large segment of our audience to sleep, probably in Central Florida. Uh, the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, then with all due respect to our uh, friends and clients in the villages. Um, the, the, uh, um, but the important thing is to, to, to look at the policies and see, and Rob would be very, very happy, I'm sure, to have a telephone conversation with you, whether or not you're interested in becoming a client, you know, is really immaterial. He's very happy to help you. Call and ask to, uh, to book an appointment with him um, at our 800 number, 888-CAMARDA, 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A, or 800-262-1083. And again, folks, remember, we are offering a very, very valuable investment education report in these times with things changing so dramatically in the markets. Uh, it's a very timely time. We strongly suggest you call and get yourself a copy of this brand new edition of The Nine Biggest Dangers Facing Today's Investor and How to Avoid Them. Call us at 888-CAMARTA. See ya right after the break. Camarda Wealth Leaders Levity is intentional as we aim to be the car talk of financial radio, entertaining, hugely funny, and offering penetrating financial insight and rare expertise across a broad spectrum of wealth-related topics. We're dead serious about money, but we want you to have fun too and laugh all the way to the bank. Unlike many financial radio shows, this is not one long commercial or constant annuity pitch. 
I hate those constant annuity pitches. This is Wealth Education Radio, and we aim to share financial best practices that can truly supercharge your wealth. Do we expect some of you who want to become clients? Sure, but because the chemistry is right, and because you comfortably believe that the wealth leaders, that's us, can get it done better than your other choices. That's your decision, but when it comes to investing, we're fiduciaries. We put our clients first, and that's a promise you can take to the bank. For more information and free reports, call now at 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Call now. Camarda Wealth offers complimentary, that's free, folks, portfolio reviews to listeners. Get us your statements, and we will thoroughly examine your portfolio, give you opinions on the risk and quality of each position you own, as well as how wisely we believe the whole thing holds together and how efficiently it addresses your needs and goals. At the same time, we'll also opine on how protected your assets are from financial predators, your estate plan, tax savings opportunities, and otherwise we think you can cut risk, avoid probate, save money, and just plain get richer faster. Did I mention this service was free? Just call us at 888-CAMARDA, that's C-A-M-A-R-D-A, 888-CAMARDA, to set up your free portfolio review. Call now while it's on your mind, folks.